The Rio Grande drains Colorado's Rocky Mountains, flowing south through New Mexico to El Paso, Texas. There, the river becomes the border between the United States and Mexico. Water flows along the filthy Rio Grande River. It flows through our Venice and empties in the Gulf of Mexico. Rural Voices Radio presents Crossings, Border Voices Along the Rio Grande. I think the officer was in a bad mood because he didn't believe I was going to school in Brownsville. He took my passport card and sent me back to Mexico. Some drown, some make it across, some are caught by our Border Patrol agents. Those who survive keep coming back for more. I'm Kim Stafford. I've been working with rural teachers around the country. Under the stewardship of the National Writing Project, we've written and read our work to one another and talked about how to teach writing. Oh, there's the river. Ah, here. Tens of thousands of people cross the Rio Grande every year. These crossings bring people together, creating border voices. The border, La Frontera, is a place of memories, dreams, and plans. Fronteriza Border Woman by Rosa Maria Ceballos de Llano. I live on the border, on the edge of two cultures. Are my genes hyphenated? Are my organs half and half? I sing the songs of Agustin Lara, Julio Iglesias, and Maná. Broadway plays Carly Simon and Old Blue Eyes I can't be without. I cry when I hear La Zacatecana, my grandmother's favorite patriotic song. America the Beautiful tugs at my heart and fills me with pride. I'm a Mexican during the 16 parade, and I root for old glory as the fourth rolls by. I'm a border woman. I am Mexican, and I am American. I can be both at the proper time. I'm a fronteriza, and I am proud. America, America, God shed his grace on thee. And crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Fronteriza. The word was created by joining frontera or frontier with the Spanish suffix isa. You may not find fronteriza in your dictionary yet, but the people who live along the Rio Grande know the word. As I walked out in the streets of Laredo, as I walked out in Laredo, Laredo by Curtis Stacy. The streets of Laredo are lined with history and people as diverse as the road is long. Laredo began as a Spanish settlement in 1755. Authorities handed out porciones, or land grants, to encourage people to build farms and ranches along the river. During its first hundred years, Laredo belonged to one nation one day and another nation the next, changing flags seven times. Then the railroads met in Laredo, carrying people and goods south as far as Mexico City and north to cities throughout the United States. Later, workers built the first of four bridges across the Rio Grande here. 
Laredo became a gateway between worlds. The land is flat and stretches as far as the eye can see. A few mesquite and oak trees hide you from the sun. The wildlife is vast and beautiful. Like the deer, people come to hunt. The dove, snakes, and rabbits are also beautiful. You can see God's hand as you look across our desert and observe the wilderness. The lakes were once plentiful. Now drought has taken its toll. Weather in Laredo changes from scorching hot in the summer to a few chilly days in the winter. The wind blows, stirring up the dust and leaving a trail. Laredo is a place that never ends. In the early years, you would have seen sheep grazing the vast grasslands outside Laredo. The Spanish brought in thousands. Today, cattle rule the range. The cowboy, or raquero, follows old Spanish and Mexican ranching traditions. The father of our next writer was a vaquero as a young man, but he gave it up to bring his family to Laredo. Now his son imagines the day he will buy a ranch for his father outside Nuevo Laredo on the Mexican side. My Vision by Juan Antonio Juarez Rumbling on the ground, the sound of ganado being rounded up as the chiflidos of an experienced and confident vaquero filled the air. The smell of an oncoming chubasco, or storm, and cow manure hit your nostrils. Center stage is the man I admire most, mi padre, riding strong, proud, and dominant on his cuaco, looking through the eyes the color of miel. He's smiling gratefully behind his bigote and sun-browned skin. He waves at me ansiosamente. Making his way through the sea of cattle, I notice his cabellos are turning into cenizas. His sombrero vaquero is beginning to wear, and that his jeans and chaparreras are full of tierra from the arreada, or roundup. Just as I question if my jefecito is all right, mi corazón junto con su alma, my heart, together with my soul, assure me of what I already know. Mi padre was born for this. Al fin, mi padre is feliz. He's happy. He's got it all. The border is enriched by elders who teach their families about the boundaries between life and what lies beyond. Una sopita by Luz Diaz. Papi Angel sat at the head of the table where nothing could hide from his sight. As I entered his house, I kissed his wrinkled forehead. He smelled like Benson and Hedges gold. His blue eyes examined every corner of his house and people too. With one look, he could tell what kind of a person someone was and if he or she would amount to much in life. Papi Angel wasn't so perceptive about himself, however. He was always saying, the train is coming to get me. My time is almost up. One afternoon, he told my aunt he was feeling sick and he was ready to go. She called all seven of his children and told them to come over. The family congregated around his bed. We thanked him for his wisdom, his love, and all the years of happiness we had spent with him. We prayed with him and he commended his spirit unto the Father's hands. After that, we sat with him waiting for the inevitable. After about 30 minutes, he stood up. ¿Qué les parece una sopita? No he comido en todo el día, he announced. We all laughed and ate some soup. 
Papi Angel didn't die until almost a decade later when he was 90. Along the border, family and tradition provide solutions for some. Others have to find their own way. Unplaced by Pear Fjellstad. In Laredo, everyone has a grandma, or several, a childhood home, and memories of Spanish swirling in the corners of rooms, sliding under door sills, voices of home. When acquaintances of mine write about who they are, they claim this strong root, a past familiar and intimate, Mexican ground extending down in American space. Then, too, clarity quivers, uncertainty betrayed by sureness. The mythic ground also is unsettling. The land sinks and rises. Beyond the stories of mamas and abuelitas and Christmas tamales, there is a pause, a caution that one has moved, is moving on layers of shifting rock. Often, the most vibrant exchange of cultures occurs among the young. They embrace La Frontera and create new beauty, strength, and pride out of old ways. Café con Crema by Melissa Martinez You're one of the lucky ones, my friend says. Born blanca, not morena. I've been called light-complected, huera, pale, alabaster, white. I've tried to darken my skin, only to be told by a victim of prejudice, why would you want to do something like that? Look at my dark skin. Yes, I say, I see you, and I think you are beautiful. Don't let anyone tell you differently. You're my Mexican hot chocolate on a cold day, warm, soothing, sweet. You're the color of wheat, like bread. We know how bread gives life. It sustains us. You sustain and comfort me. Do we blend like a caracol, a snail, like leche and café? My raven, you add a bold richness to my palate. If I am one of the lucky ones, it is because I feel what I see. My mirror tells only half of an ancient story. Querido Laredo, by Federico Lozano. Yesterday I ate tacos, I mean mariachis. I had forgotten I was in Laredo. Laredo is like an independent country, because we are not Mexican or American. We are like soil, yeah, like soil. We have grass, gravel, minerals, and dirt, like we have Chicanos, Mexicanos, Chilangos, Americanos. We are being split by Mexico and the U.S., but we have to stick together and be who we are. Párenle al egoísmo, hermanos, y pónganse a trabajar. Stop being selfish, my friends, and work together. We need to stick like glue and never fall apart, so our race won't go extinct, because we need to show every single soul what Laredo people are made of. Thirty-six miles downriver from Laredo, the village of San Ignacio, Texas, faces San Ignacio, Mexico. On the Texas side, some of the old stone houses still stand, and a wall of the fort that protected early settlers. All this land was part of Mexico before the river became the border a century and a half ago. In such a place, children ponder the contradictions. San Ignacio, San Ignacio, by Teresa Danielle Moss. 
San Ignacio and San Ignacio, same name, different countries. San Ignacio, Mexico is a beautiful land filled with trees, grass, and animals, mostly horses. San Ignacio, Texas, USA. Here we have the same trees, grass, and animals. We also share the birds. There are cardinals, orioles, and palomas. The birds don't know about the border, our frontera, nor do the catfish that feast on sardines in the dark green waters of the Rio Grande. The catfish don't know why the mojaitos who desperately cross the river trying to find a better life for a couple of dollars more. Some drown, some make it across, some are caught by our border patrol agents. Those who survive keep coming back for more. Long before the vaqueros, those we call the Paleo Indians lived along the river for 8,000 years. They hunted bison, deer, antelope, javelina, and smaller animals. They gathered prickly pear, pecans, acorn, sotol, agave maguey, and mesquite beans and ground them into flour. Then the Spaniards arrived and dramatic changes began. My Village by Ana V. Silva Though common appearance, San Ignacio is filled with richness and substance, history and culture, corruption and deceit. Es mi pueblo, la tierra de mi gente, las raíces de mi ser. It's the land of my people, my roots. Mi San Ignacio querido, my dear San Ignacio, where my father's umbilical cord was buried in the Ayaya's backyard under a huizate tree. He built his own home near that tree. Mi querido San Ignacio, con tu tierra sagrada. Yes, your earth is bloody. Here Indians roamed freely amidst chaos and fright. My beloved San Ignacio, where now el coyote has taken root, crossing mojaditos and drugs across our polluted Rio Grande, smuggling contraband with the image of La Virgen de Guadalupe in tote. Border Journal by Juan Manuel Alvarado III Water flows along the filthy Rio Grande River. It flows through Arvenas and empties in the Gulf of Mexico. The border is a cazador hunting for its victims. It is a nopal getting ready to bear fruit. It is a bobcat scanning the banks of a Rio Grande and hiding in the bush. Another 150 miles downstream from San Ignacio, bridges join Brownsville, Texas on the north bank and Matamoros, Mexico on the south. Though a land of little rain, this region is defined by its waters, rivers, resacas or oxbow lakes in old river channels, and the Laguna Madre, the bay with its breathtaking sunrise and sunset. Here, a broad river delta has a tropical feel, Swaying palms, citrus groves, colorful birds, and pink sunsets reflected in rivers and bays. Farmers grow vegetables, cotton, grain, fruit, and sugarcane. Brownsville doubles its population daily as people cross the bridges between cultures. Border by Juan Medellin 
When I was in kinder, my parents used to take me across the border to Matamoros every weekend. One weekend on the way back, I was feeling nervous for no apparent reason. I told my mom something was going to happen, but she told me, Estás loco, mijo? You're crazy, son. When it was our turn to drive up to the immigration officer, he started asking me a lot of difficult questions in English. I was barely learning English then. I think the officer was in a bad mood because he didn't believe I was going to school in Brownsville. He took my passport card and sent me back to Mexico. After a week, my dad got so frustrated that he decided to cross me through the river. It was about 5 o'clock in the morning when he risked my life and his. He hired two polleros, those guys that know all the lonely places in the river. We were walking through a long field. I got so tired, I started to cry because I couldn't rest my feet. We got to the place where I was going to cross. My father told me, No tenga miedo, mijo. Don't be scared. The water was running very fast and I could see little thrills in it. It was a chilly day and my body felt stiff. One of the polleros was helping my dad inflate a plastic tire to float in the water. My dad helped me get on top with him. We crossed the river and he told me, We made it, mijo. We did it, son. We walked through the woods until we got to the gas station and some friends were waiting for us to give us a ride. Now I'm about to become a U.S. citizen. I'm attending college and looking forward to becoming a Border Patrol agent. I didn't arrive at Ellis Island. I swam across the Rio Grande. I didn't make an ocean voyage. I walked across the desert sand. If I were a border patrol, by Jessica Lopez. If I were a border patrol, I would let people come over, especially if they have young kids. They just want to work and have a better life. Maybe they need money to support their children. Maybe they have no other hope. Doesn't everyone deserve to have a future? Si yo no fuera mexicano, pues no anduviera de infeliz. In an old carriage house in Brownsville, students and teachers share a meal of chicken fajitas and listen to mariachi music. Then they take turns sharing their border writings. Okay, you're going to read yours? And then, um, someone else from Brownsville? This is called Invitation. I want you to see the moon rise full over the Arroyo, Colorado, at first huge and red like a distant fire behind the line of ebony and mesquite. It will slowly rise to a silver globe, pouring light across the water in broad bands of sparkling waves that narrow to a point at the corner of my dock. I want you to see dolphins touched with the moon's silver roll up through the surface of wind-rippled waters and disappear in widening circles of light. I want you to see above shadows at the bank's dark edge a deer, head lifted high, glowing with moonlight caught in the silver cup of its velvet antlers. I want you to see shining minnows burst in circles of sparks across the dark waters and hear Paraki's call across the fields. I want you to see the Arroyo Colorado in moonlight. I want you to see 
my South Texas home. Those who live here smell the fresh salt air from the Gulf of Mexico, the night-blooming jasmine, the fragrant ceniso, and huisache trees that bloom along the river after even a small rain. Bean Brown South Texas Summer by Nick Garcia Soft savanna, whispering mesquite, the bean brown South Texas summer morning dawns through the thick still air. The rib raw cattle wander in the dust, stirring the ground for something greener, something cool to keep the heat away. With simple purpose, the cattle graze, taking one mouthful after another, moving like dark storm clouds across the pasture. On the fringes of the eastern sky, the hot sun pierces the stillness, turning green-gray clouds to dusky white. Rattler, ribbon, coral, indigo slither forward to welcome the warmth from the Bermuda thatch. Brown mesquite leaves fall still after the first signs of breeze disappear. Far away from rain clouds, far away from cooling streams, South Texas summer being brown still. Throughout the Rio Grande Valley, mesquite trees spread their feathery branches and fragrant blossoms in spring. Mesquite bean by Alex Castillo. When it is so hot that it feels like someone turned on a heater, I sit under the shade of the mesquite tree in my backyard. I look for the golden yellow mesquite beans, which are good to eat. The black beans break easily and taste bad. I choose four or five good ones and peel off the outside. Then I suck the sweet flesh of the bean inside. One time, I swallowed a hard bean accidentally and I told my mom. She said, Si te comes semillas del mesquite, te va a crecer un árbol. If you eat mesquite seeds, you'll turn into a mesquite tree. The Brownsville border with Matamoros is a festive place, bursting with homegrown music, pachangas or parties, and festivals like Charo Days. When children celebrate a birthday, they are the lucky inheritors of two cultures. Happy birthday, calls one. Feliz cumpleaños, calls another. The Cake by Mireya Ponce Some kids are running around the worn-out backyard playing voto. Others are hitting the piñata and singing. Dale, 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 no pierdas el tino, porque si lo pierdes, pierdes el camino. Ahora sí le das, ahora no le das, porque tienes cara de conejo, blas, blas, blas. The song ends and the boy hands the palo to a girl, and the song begins again, and she takes her turn. Suddenly, everyone gets quiet. My aunt comes out holding an enormous cake. The kids start singing, Queremos pastel, pastel, pastel. My aunt sets the cake on an old wooden table. Then the kids sing, Estas son las mañanitas que cantaba el rey David. A las muchachas bonitas se las cantamos aquí. Despierta, ya ya despierta, mira que ya amaneció. Ya los pajarillos cantan, la luna ya se metió. Then, a filthy boy runs his finger through the edge of my cake and chants, Mordida, mordida, or bite, bite. As I leaned over my cake to blow out the candles, I felt the push of small hands on the back of my head. 
When I lifted my head, my face and hair were smeared with cake. I ran to my abuelita's room. Lying down with her eyes closed, she sensed me and said, Yayita, ¿qué tienes, hija? I fell into her wrinkly and soft arms. I dug my face into her breast and cried. Then I told her what had happened. She smiled, her healing smile, and said, De perdido sabes que tu pastel está bien rico. It's not a total loss. At least you know your cake is really rich. I broke out into laughter. To this day, whenever something bad happens, I think of my abuelita and feel calmer. Mothers encourage their children to dream. Grandmothers, or abuelitas, know how to take the pain away. Ojo, by Adán Salazar. My abuela knew that my illness didn't require remedies in drugstores. She knew I had ojo, or the evil eye. You get it when someone stares at you with an envious eye. The only way to stop it is to get the person staring at you to touch you. My abuela told me to go to her house next door, lie down on the couch, and wait for her to come. The carpeted house is warm compared to my house. I almost liked being sick just for the feeling I get when I'm in here. My abuela came in carrying a grade A large egg and a glass of tap water. She vigorously rubbed the egg up and down my feverish body while she recited a few prayers. I breathed in her unique smell. She took the egg, cracked it, and dropped it in the glass of water. The uncooked egg white turned cloudy a sure sign that I'd had ojo and that the egg had pulled most of the disease from me. Texas writer Maria Eugenia Guerra sees the border as a passage from the old world to the new. Inexplicably, she says, our future lies at both ends of the passage. Mariposa, chapulín, fresa, butterfly, grasshopper, strawberry. By Elsa Torres. Quisiera ser el agua falling in the waterfall, or pájaros singing in the trees. I don't want to be a rose ready to be plucked, or a mariposa fluttering in the wind. I am a chapulín eagerly jumping from branch to branch. I am not a sweet fresa ready to be eaten, nor am I blanquillos ready to be hatched. I am not a tadpole ready to turn into a rana. I live on the border still learning to swim. Crossings, Border Voices Along the Rio Grande is a production of the National Writing Project. The radio project is coordinated by Laura Paradise with support from Yana Rogers. The program was written by Deborah Beagle with editing by Kim Stafford and Lauren Krenzel. It was recorded and produced by Deborah Beagle with help from Paula Parson and members of the Sable Palms Writing Project at the University of Texas at Brownsville and Texas Southmost College 
and Carol Brochen and members of the South Texas Writing Project at Laredo Community College. Stephen Erickson mixed the program. For music, thanks to Gladys Porter High School Mariachi and Estudiantina, Rodrigo P. Ceballos, Estudiantina from Longoria Elementary, and Rosa Perez. Dr. Gilberto Soto wrote and performed Rio Grande Suite on guitar. Thanks also to Texas A&M International University. The National Writing Project is funded by a grant from the U.S. Department of Education. We'd love to hear from you. Please visit Rural Voices Radio at www.writingproject.org. I'm your host, Kim Stafford. Thank you for listening.